Hello and welcome aboard. This is Captain's Journal, Entry 3. I want to welcome you to the shared ship. Thanks for joining me on the ship today. On this episode, I have as my guest a dear friend, Andrew Orbrick. Andrew and I met over five years ago at the cult gathering in Banff. Over the last five years, Andrew and I have kept in touch, chatting often on community, pirates, and finding our purpose. The last time I spoke with Andrew, I interviewed him for what I had hoped would become a Pirates for Good book. So when I started building an outline for the Shared Ship podcast, Andrew was at the top of my list. He was someone I wanted to invite on board right away. So, let's meet Andrew. And first of all, I miss you, Gino. It's been a few years since we we met the first time and happy that we've stayed connected over the years and always inspired by what you're doing. Um, yeah, my name is Andrew Obrecht. I'm one of the co-founders of YYC Cycle and YG Cycle in Calgary and Edmonton. And actually, uh, in the last year, I've embarked on a new adventure as well with a company called Culinary Coworking. And so, when you, uh, when you ask about who I am and what I do is uh, I pride myself in and being a leader in training and being obsessed with leadership, being obsessed with culture and being obsessed with community building. And so there's a little bit of that that's uh, ingrained in every single thing that I do, but I am really driven by passion. I think that the passion has created my purpose with, uh, with everything that I do. It's an honor for me, Andrew, to have you on. I've, Gosh, it does go way back. I met you at the cult gathering. Was that five, six or more years ago? Six years ago or so? So I think it was yeah. six years. And, and then I actually we we chatted when I was trying to write this a book for this Pirates for Good, and then things kind of came into weird circles, and it became the shared ship. But the roots are still Pirates for Good, and that's really what I've started doing with the first episodes of this podcast. Andrew, is that I, and that's why I really wanted to have you on, is that I've always been so inspired by our chats and obviously what you do and what your your spin studios do for community. You are truly a PFG, a pirate for good. I don't know. It's an honor to have you on. I'm, I'm just super excited to get into this chat. I would love to know, and you can you can answer this from uh, one way or a combination and that is about your fight, your inspired purpose. And that can be Andrews or Andrews mixed with YYC Cycle, however you want to go with that. But I would love for you to share with us your fight. Yeah, you know what, Gino? And it, it's so interesting. I mean, you know, I know this is going to be a good one because I'm getting goosebumps as, you're, uh, as we're talking here. And it brings me back to the conversations we've had in the past. But I think that so much of your fight is ingrained in your story and your story is not necessarily the start of your business. I think it's the uh, start of your life. It's your upbringing. It's what you experience. And, and for me, you know, the, the ethos or where YYC cycle came from is, uh, you know, I was a university grad. Uh, I was also a football player when I played at the university of Calgary and I was, you know, at that time I was 260 pounds. So I was a different version of myself back then, the defensive end for the University of Calgary. And, and uh, after that, you know, I was taking some, some uh, fitness classes and I enjoyed it. And I was asked by the owners of the fitness studio if I wanted to be a spin instructor. And at that point in time, I thought, 
you know, I haven't done too many spin classes and I don't really love cardio. Uh, so, <laughs> but I knew I needed to do it. I knew football players either went one way or another way when, when you're done playing your sport yeah. and you lose a little bit of your identity after you've played that, a sport for so long. But I thought to myself, you know, at the end of the day there, I have nothing to lose and everything to gain from, from saying yes to this opportunity. I loved connecting with people. I loved coaching people, leading people. Uh, energy was my jam. And I thought, you know, I had nothing to lose. And so I said, yes. And as I uh, started exploring that world of spin, you know, nobody really knew what that boutique spin was in, in the city here. And we kind of just did our own thing and tried to figure it out as we went and had a little bit of instruction. But then it was kind of we went and we embarked and on our ships to see what we were going to make ourselves into, right, as far as uh, that goes. And that's when I really discovered that uh, I started teaching and I started discovering that, you know, the, it wasn't really about the spin class. It was that, that spin bike was a platform to community and passion and positivity and connection and authenticity and really happiness. I actually was sitting down with one of our first motivators, which is what we call our instructors at the studios, uh, Alex Troniak. Thanks, Alex. And uh, I was telling her about this story, about my story of teaching. And she said, you got to write that down. That's like your mantra. And I know we'll get into it in this podcast, but it's so interesting retrospectively when you look back and you say, well, we didn't hire a marketing company to come up with a mantra and so on. It really was from the heart. So that's where that came from. And, and I know we'll get into that. And, and uh, as I started teaching more and more, I, I, I went through a transformation physically and mentally going through this. And I wanted people to not compare their first chapter of their story to my second chapter of mine, being that I had been teaching for a little while. I wanted them to feel connected with myself and everybody in the room. And that's when I, I started welcoming people into my biker gang when they came to my class for the first time. And I know we'll talk about that too, but it's, uh, again, it, it, you know, when you come back to, um, why we do what we do. Uh, it really comes from the story of my life, the story of feeling like there's connection, there's an opportunity to connect with people. Uh, and that's where I think things come out really in an authentic way. Plus you attract people that are, that are that same way. You right, know, now right. we've, now we've grown to five studios, soon to be six in, uh, in the last six years and we've grown a team of just over 230 people that work for us. And so that's a pretty big pirate ship, Gino, you know, so, you know, with that, that authenticity, you know, you attract like people, you know, out of the motivators, we have a training process for our motivators to teach. It's two months long. We want to make sure that they teach a good class and a safe class, but only 10 out of the 170 that we've trained, um, only 10 had experience teaching group fitness before. So you start to look at yourself and say, it's really those underlying philosophies and values that are important to build within your team. That's what creates that bond, you know? Uh, so a little bit of long story of where that came from, but I think it's important to understand the foundation that, that we've, uh, we've built and I haven't been able to build it without an amazing partner and an amazing team and an amazing community. So. Yeah. One of the interesting things about a spin studio, I'm a spinner and I've always felt, and I know for myself, I played basketball in high school. Then I tried to do things on my own. Totally just did not stay interested and engaged in it. But once I found group, activities like body pump, the less mile stuff and spin. I felt a certain level of connectedness and the days that I was dragging my ass, that class in the people in it got me through it. And I think we, to your point, we all sometimes pick each other up. I don't know. Is that, how, how do you, what, how does that play a role into what you see and what you, you do there? Yeah, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, and again, I'm I keep getting moments of goosebumps because I just 
you're absolutely right. And there's a lot of neuroscience behind movement with music, right? And so we, we match all of our classes to the beat of the music. You know, within our training, we actually train, train on music theory. Within our spin studios, we have nightclub lighting system, nightclub sound system. We train with the psychology of color, what emotions come out with certain colors, you know, and we try to combine it into kind of a visceral experience. But one that, you know, you won't find any computers on each of our bikes or anything like that. We work on a, a theory of uh, perceived behavioral control, and I can talk about that later if, if we need to. But it really is about being in that environment with each other. And we truly believe that everybody is fighting a hard battle, you know, that we know nothing about. But if you can come into that space, and feel empowered, uh, you know, in that space, we have so many different stories that come into that room and I can look across, uh, because I know some of the stories of the biker gang that come in, you know, I know someone's going through maybe a separation or someone's going through an illness themselves or having just experienced loss in a family or a pet or whatever it might be. And there's highs and lows. But when you look in that room, everybody is connected. And the people that are having the highest highs are even inspired by the ones that are having the lowest lows, but they have no clue. Mm. You know, it is that united movement Um Plus, then you add on the motivation. And the reality is, is that we remind our motivators that people don't buy an admission ticket at the front to go and watch the show. <laughs> people don't go buy the admission ticket to go and watch the motivator up on that podium doing things that you could never do, uh, you know, based on your physicality or whatever it is, you know the stars of the show are not us on the podium. The stars of the show are the biker gang. We're just the guides. We just guide them through their journey. And, and through that, we're guided through our own journey. It's pretty special what happens in that space. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could really nerd out. You, you mentioned some things. I won't go too far in this because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this don't care, but I've seen your images. I've always wondered it looks like in your spin studios, there's a lot of use, at least color-wise, of purple or purple-blue. Is that intentional? Yeah. I mean, you know, we we do change out the colors from time to time, but, but purple and blue really kind of connect with that emotion, right? The, that emotion. And, and, and there's a warmness a connectedness to blue, mauve, purple that does bring out uh, more connectedness with the room. Now you'll switch the track and it'll be a more intense track and you'll turn on the reds, you know, and kind of get that fired up energy. So the beautiful thing is the motivators uh, choose during the class, they are they change the lights depending on what they feel and the music and and just the energy around the room. So, no two classes are similar, and uh, such is the energy of the room. There really is a difference every single time uh, with the energy from everybody in that room. So it's really special. Well, Andrew, I have a question. How are your spinners, you know, the biker gang, doing without? that class experience right now? Yeah. I mean, I think we're all craving connection, right? Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, our mantra on the wall says that we're not in the business of spin classes. So the spin, the spin bike is just the vehicle. So yes, you know, it has had an impact on our biker gang, not having that, but you know, just them having a bike, uh, let's say at home, certainly that's the physical aspect, but that's not what we're about. You know, uh, we wish we could do that for everybody that needed one, but the, the environment and the energy that we create has so many other layers to it. So as a community, I mean, we've, we've temporarily laid off 95% of our team. Um, you know, we have thousands of biker gang between Calgary and Edmonton. It's, we miss them. This sucks. <laughs> but at this, at this time, what our team is focused on is creating more connection, 
um, you know, trying to provide mental health resources to the biker gang, trying to bring some humor back to them because the reality is, is that all of our routines are thrown off right now, whether or not that's just fitness, that's family, having kids at home, that's, you know, work being laid off. The, you know, there's more things that people have to concern themselves than having the physical spin bike. They need, you know, they need to know that it's okay that they're knocked off their routines. It's okay to understand that it's, you know, some days you'll feel down and other days you'll feel up. It's okay to, to be not productive at all one day and hyperproductive the next or not be productive for a week. It's just okay to feel what you feel. And it's okay to gain a few pounds. You know, I mean, me too. I went, I went through a surgery, you know, a month ago. You just got to, uh, you know, Jim Collins in Good to Great writes about the Stockdale Paradox, you know, and, and a really, really great business book. But it focuses on, you know, keep your focus on the reality uh, and the vision that we're all going to get out of this. Yep. We're going to get out of this. We are. This isn't going to last forever. But, you know, don't put too many expectations on today or right now or how you should feel. Feel how you need to feel. Uh, you know, take into consideration the reality and the facts of reality of what you're going through. You know, and understand that you're not going through it alone. So we're really focused on the mental aspect of things, providing feel good Fridays or mental health Mondays and trying to create that connection. So it's, uh, yeah, it's challenging. It sucks. <laughs> and we miss, you know, we miss the biker gang and, but both with our team and the biker gang, it, it's, I, I'm truly hopeful that that uh, and I've seen it that this whole situation has brought out more empathy with people. That when you're talking to someone, rather than thinking that your problems are maybe the largest, I, I've felt uh, growth and empathy that you can say, "I'm going to tread tread lightly and I'm going to speak kindly to this person because I can only imagine what they may be going through because I understand what I'm going through. And then out of this, I hope there's an increase in gratitude. Um, you know, a gratitude for maybe things that we took for granted um, that we will have back, you know, maybe in a different form, but we will have back. So that's kind of the focus and that's yeah, what I'm so, seeing. Yeah. All the things you just said are, I've been thinking about that I haven't been purchasing at the level that I was, not that I was purchasing at a high level, but my Jennifer, my wife and I, we've had a couple of periods through here where we did not eat out, um, even do any to go food for, for over a week. And, and we kind of realized it's like, wow, we're just, we're settled into this. It's, it's, we're growing as a couple and and I think your point is really timely in that what I've tried to do with these first episodes is be there for folks that might be going through a hardship or a reflection period. And I think the challenge with that is not to just overwhelm yourself with that, that you think you've got to have an answer. And that's why I hope with the pirate thing and exploring your fight and some of the other things that I'm going to talk to you about that it it gives you a chance to be a little bit playful and take the blinders off, take off all the things of reality and do it at your own time. Yeah, don't, you know, don't try to go and solve this is the time that I need to rechange my career. And and granted, a lot of people, I believe, are going through that right now. I've, I know quite a few people that have lost their jobs and I don't know that they'll come back. So I want to jump to the wall. I see your wall as two things, a mantra, and in the spirit of Pirates for Good, it's the code. What do you always value? What do you stand for? Andrew, I'd love for you to share what's on the walls of your studios and what's behind it. What's the most amazing thing out of, you know, when, when you talk about 
you know, when you talk about the, the experience of building a brand and what that means to you and what you need to stand by, I think it's very important to, uh, you know, filter, you know, filter everything that you do with that lens, you know, and, and for us, I mean, when we talk about kind of what we're in the business of, this was from the first conversation, as I mentioned with, with Alex Troniak, you know, we talked about that. We're not in the, our, the mantra that we have on our wall. We say, we're not in the business of spin classes. We're in the business of passion, positivity, motivation, overcoming betterment, community, authenticity. And then ultimately on the bottom of our mantra, you'll see that it says we're in the business of happiness. Um, you know, I know that uh, Tony Shea talks about it. You know, Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos, talks about it a lot. His kind of the, the questioning of why, why, why. He says, if you ask someone why enough times, they'll tell you, they'll, they'll tell you exactly why they do something. And so for us, ultimately, what we're trying to create is a safe place that people feel like they belong. And there's an opportunity to pick one of those things on that mantra, whether or not it's connection or authenticity or community. Um, but ultimately, no matter what route people are getting to, they just want to be happy. So ultimately, we say we're in the business of happiness. And whatever that means, uh, we try to bring it out within those, those pillars. Well, what's cool about that is that the majority of organizations and brands, like you said, when you go out there to build your brand, you come up with a mission statement far too often. And especially just think if you had all the, all of your employees as motivator motivators that weren't bought into this, they can probably all recite that because they feel it. They see it. They believe in it. Most of the time, unfortunately brands and organizations turn a value statement into a mission statement and about 20% of their employees can even relate to it or cite it. And so uh, I, you know, you, you said uh, in my transcript, uh, I circle back, you made a statement that is so true. You said something like a brand should believe in what they stand for so much that they're not afraid to shout it out loud. I think putting it on a wall in all your spin studios is shouting it out loud. And I think that's so important because when you're, when you're talking about growing a team and leading a team, you have to have a mantra that you live by and that you, uh, you know, your front of house staff communicate by and you communicate. It, it really puts it out on the wall to, to say to, to our customers, to the biker gang to come in and read that and then decipher whether or not we are true to those words. <laughs> you know, we, at the end of the day, we, uh, you know, consumers, they're, they're very intelligent. And I, I mean, ultimately, we tell our front team that our commitment is to be the best part of someone's day. That's really what it is. Be the best part of someone's day. When you go and you do your class or when, when someone comes into the studio, we, we truly understand that someone just came in from fighting the biggest battle that they know. And that's called life. You know, that's called work. That's called relationships. That's called traffic. That's called rent, landlords, uh, you know, partners, colleagues, you know, whatever that might be. You know, for us, we want to be that safe space that ultimately we just want to be the best part of someone's day because that's what people are walking into our studio uh, yeah. expecting. Do you, you, know? do you get much feedback from your from your spinners that your biker gang that about that and about what do they embrace that? Do they get it? Does it become part of that ethos of your brand? Yeah, it's actually fun to see Gino because we, we did a, a survey. We had a marketing company that came in and wanted, they were part of the biker gang and they wanted to kind of examine maybe some more of the secret sauce and do a, do a survey within our biker gang and, and uh, so that happened about a year into our business. And then just recently, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, when we did a new website, we did a similar survey again. And we asked this question. We asked, if YYC Cycle was a person to you, who would they be? 
And obviously in Edmonton, we work by the airport code. So if YEG cycle was a person to you, who would they be? And both a year and a half into the business and five years into the business, we unanimously got variations of friend. And that was, you know, the friend that I don't see very often, but when I see them, I pick up, I pick up where we left off to my best friend that I can't wait to see them at the end of the day to my friend that I always celebrate my achievements with, or my friend that I can, you know, have a shoulder to cry on, um, my friend that keeps me accountable. And so it was really interesting to see that response. And, you know, we, we really live by that to, to really build our onboarding processes, our training process, our, you know, the customer service guide that we've created to make sure that, Hey, at the end of the day, it, is this how a friend would interact with someone is what would, what would a friend do? Even a friend that keeps you accountable and you don't like to hear it, you know, but it's still a friend. <laughs> It's, uh, it's a good filter to look through. You know, I think the thing that's beautiful about what you did and, and just it, it, it's obviously it's inherent in your spirit and the spirit of your partner and now in your motivators is that you understand that a true brand mythology is a community mythology. You can, you can do so many things that generate awareness, but the stories that they go out and tell others are what bring people into your studio. And it's authentic. It's real. It's powerful. It's, it's beyond anything you could do with normal marketing. So kudos to understand that. Yeah. Thanks. And I, and it comes down to the first person that they see when they walk in there, you know, it goes back to the fact that the people teaching the class, you know, certain, certain, uh, fitness industries, you know, they're idolized and, and great. There should be some aspirational nature for people that we see uh, as being possible motivators. But you know what? It's like that saying that your best employees are your customers because a lot of our biker gang have then started, you know, joining us as employees and then they've tried out to be motivators. And, you know, when we talk about that, we are not the celebrities, the biker gang are the celebrities. Like they, they are the stars of this show. We simply are the guides. And that goes back down to who says hi at the front desk. We have such an amazing team at the front that, you know, it, there's nobody that's not taking part in the foundation and the momentum that we're building with this company. So it's, it's always overwhelming the gratitude that we have from everybody that, that works from the front desk to uh, the motivators, to the leadership. It is, really is this ecosystem that, that supports the biker gang through their journey, you know? Well, you, the other part of that you get, and it kind of goes at the end of, you know, kind of chat about that at the end a little bit, but is understanding what an experience is and how you stage an experience is that it starts at the front door and it goes all the way through. And, you know, oftentimes we make an experience one element of it, but the reason that Disney's Disney is they get experience. Uh-huh. What I believe a lot of what you built, I can see in the images and, and when every time I've talked to you is you get how to create a meaningful experience that means something to people. And part of it is that they're invested in it. And, and so I would love you, you dovetail right into it. Let's talk biker gangs. So tell us about the name, what that means to you and who are they? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, <clears throat> I love the biker gang. It's, it's great. I mean, there's, there's more and more research and, and trains of thought going out there. And again, it's, we didn't read a couple thesis studies and then created the biker gang out of that. That was just something visceral that, that uh, back when I started, I wanted people to feel connected in my space, in my room. And then when we opened up YYC cycle and YG cycle, we just let that run wild. And uh, the biker gang was owned by everybody and everybody was part of the biker gang. And, and uh, certainly there's some connotation just as pirates, you know, biker gang, it's a little badass, 
Um, but when you look at the kind of a biker gang, it works that we're spinning on bikes too. That that works a little bit with that name. But at the same time, you look at biker gangs, they fight for each other. They are tight-knit. They support each other. They work as a united team, you know, with a cause. And they relentlessly fight for that cause. And one of the great things with the biker gang with YYC and YG and the studios that we intend to, to open in the future is that it really creates a value approach as opposed to a demographic approach to what our business, uh, the market that our business satisfies and the, and the group that our business satisfies. Because, you know, I have my mom, sorry, mom, uh, 63 years old, going on 35. There you go, mom. Um, but you, you have my mom who's, you know, 63. She's part of the biker gang. You have my girlfriend, you know, who's 29. She's part of the biker gang. We have, you know, moms that come with their daughters, fathers that come with their sons, whole families coming together. And they're all part of, part of the biker gang. We have, it's the reason why we don't have, you know, uh, computers on our bikes. If someone sits down the whole class, they're still part of the biker gang, you know? And so there's a lot of research as I kind of touched on that, that businesses would do themselves a big favor on also looking at value graphics as opposed to demographics. You know, the, the, if they looked at that value graphics and the psychographics of why people are attached to a brand, there's some really interesting insights that can broaden your your market. Certainly, you know, we have our biggest demographic, 25 to 34. And, um, but at the same time, everybody uh, from my mom at 63 to, you know, uh, someone who's 22 feels, doesn't feel like they're out of the category that should be in those studios. You know, everybody feels connected to that biker gang. So, I love the Especially, biker gang. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, part of the problem with gyms, I've worked in the industry a little bit, is so many people come in and feel intimidated. They don't feel comfortable. They don't think they fit in. They judge themselves. You know, I do yoga too, and I just, I, I would hate to watch myself get into some poses. But I love that my <laughs> yogis that say everyone is different. Don't judge yourself by what the person next to you is doing. And, and, I, and I, I think that's a beautiful thing that you've done. And by, by creating an identity of the biker gang that is inclusive and in a way not tribal, um, it is community-focused and inclusive. And I think far too many times we go out when we try to solve a marketing or communication problem and we don't really want to find the truth that do we really matter in a person's life and do we really add value to that person's life or do we just sell them shit? Is that all we do? And sometimes we just don't want to know the truth. You, yeah. you have to face that every day and you've gone about it in a completely different way. It's not a commodity. Like, like I'm assuming you're still doing this to where you don't give away a free period to come and try your club. And yeah. tell us a little bit about your whole philosophy that, you know, free gets you free. And in a way people don't invest with blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully less blood. I don't think we've had too much. Blood. I'm sure it's happened. And, and you're so right. It's, uh, you know, I, I've grown up with two entrepreneurs as parents who I've learned a lot from and, and they had this, they always had this motto that free attracts free. And, and it's really interesting how you see businesses. I mean, the cheapest way to, and the easiest way to devalue your brand is on price and people get addicted to, to the response on, on uh, big discounts and so on. But for us, and I know that that's, it's going to segue into, uh, in, into the giver yeah. campaigns, 
and the impact from that. But when we first opened up, and obviously I had some experience from a previous studio that I had worked at, and I and I and I was inspired by so much that I wanted to do similar, but in my own way. And also I was inspired by some things that I really wanted to do differently. And one thing that I had seen is I'd seen studios that would open up and offer, you know, two weeks free. And Gino, yeah, you put your blood, sweat and tears into building a company, building a brand, building a vision, hiring a team, enlisting their belief that what you're doing is worth something. And then you advertise that it's worth zero dollars. And so it's interesting how that works. And what I saw is that, you know, studios would open up for a couple of weeks free and you would attract, uh, you know, a market and, and there'd be a certain amount of people that would come there because it, it fits with them. And, uh, but there also was a big majority that I would see that would not come back. They would only be there because it was free. Uh, they might not try as hard because still it was free. How many times do you leave something and talk to someone and they said, you know, you ask them about an experience and they say, well, it was okay, but it was free. Yep. You know, um, the, the, the focus is on that price and that's the only value proposition in that case. So what we decided to do is we decided to not do free, but what we decided to do is create what we call our giver initiatives. And where that started is we said, okay, well, we don't want to pay, we don't want to charge full price when we open, but what we're going to do is we're going to knock that down half price. And then actually all that money is going to go towards a charity. So there's going to be a cause behind that because community is very important to us. That's part of our mantra. And what we saw was that we attracted the right people, not, not the, the people that were just after free. We attracted the right people. Uh, we incentivized them by not having it be full price. Certainly that was one element to it. But they knew that that money went towards a cause. And what our commitment was is, is that money was going to come in as revenue and at the end of the year, we were going to make a corporate donation from that money that came in uh, to a charity. And I, I know we'll talk about that in a second. But what we found is a lot more of those people uh, stuck with us after that first giver week is what we call it, give apostrophe R. So, you know, what we found is a lot more of those people stuck around uh, with us because they were attached to more than just the price. They were attached to the value, the promise, um, the community that we wanted well, to create. I saw a tweet about that. I don't want to take the thunder away from it. I'll just say that it's one of the most beautiful, authentic things that I've ever heard of when you first told me the story. But I just saw the update on the tweet. So where do you stand right now with the Giver, the giver campaign? Yeah. And, you know, that's been, oh, there's been ups and downs with it. And lately it's been, it's been a little bit of heartbreak, you know, for us over the last six years, we have raised 760, over $760,000 to community organizations uh, and charities. And, uh, and I'll get back to that. What we, what we decided is, you know what, it's really exciting when, your customers can own part of your business. And for us, we had that first giver week when we first opened. And then we said, you know what, let's continue this. We're going to have one class per week on a Friday night. And that's going to be our giver class. And it's going to be a half price class. <clears throat> and how that works again is that it's a half price class. So people come pay for the class. That money comes in as revenue to us as a business. And then we said, you know what? We obviously we want that half price. We want to keep making an impact on our communities. So we want this to go to a charity. At the end of the year, we want to take every single person that went to those classes, attribute that money associated to that and make a corporate donation to a charity. And rather than us just deciding on the charity, you know, it's very easy. Sometimes brands associate themselves and it's wonderful. They associated themselves with boys and girls club or whatever it might be. But as a business, sometimes you can lose a little bit of relevance, even though you still have the same impact, 
you can lose a little bit of relevance by associating yourself with just one charity. So we said, you know what? We want to do multiple charities. And then we thought, okay, how do we choose these charities? And this was the best part is that we said, you know what? We want the biker gang to choose where we corporately are donating our money at the end of the year to. And so what we did with the giver campaigns is we decided that every quarter we would have a vote on social media and our biker gang would nominate, you know, throw in nominations of registered charities um, in their communities, both Calgary and Edmonton. And then we would pick three out of a hat and go to another vote. And then the one, one, two, or three, the one with the most votes voted on by the biker gang in our community, that money would go towards them. Uh, that corporate money would go towards them that quarter. And so what we've seen is that every year we finish up our year end kind of December, and then we get all our year end stuff ready for uh, donations. And, and what we've done actually, because it's a seasonal business. So what we've done is we've accumulated all the funds throughout the year and split it equally within the charities, you know, just because you're a charity voted on, on maybe a summer period doesn't mean that you should get less money. So we kind of just do it equally. Now, Gino, uh, you know, we were anticipating making those corporate donations this year uh, on March 15th. And that was right when we actually shut down our studios because of coronavirus. Um, absolutely heartbreaking. And, you know, I think that that comes into a perspective of leadership and transparency. And, you know, I think that for us, the $650,000 that we had donated in the past, you know, five and a half, six years has built that trust within the community because we actually reached out to our charities and we said at this point in time, we need to defer those corporate donations when we get out of this. And we, when you talk about humility and, and, uh, and emotions, that was heartbreaking. Even though we can't wait mm -hmm. to come out of this and come out of this stronger and go to those charities and have a celebration and say, hey, we made it out of this together. Um, some of that corporate money helped us survive here. And now we're making these donations to you. We're being good on our word and, and what we've built this company on in the last six years. You know, all the charities have been very supportive of that and understanding uh, as far as corporate donations. I mean, there's lots of companies that simply cut their corporate donations over the last few years uh, because Calgary and Alberta has also been hit with a recession with oil and gas. But I tell you, Gino, you know, looking at my my business partner and the leadership and talking about what we had to do and what we had to ask these charities to be okay with getting their money a little bit later as opposed to when we usually do it, um, that was absolutely heartbreaking. And so, you know, but the trust that we've grown in our community, I think knowing that we've been good on our word and we've donated so much money and made a huge impact in the communities. Uh, the trust is there from the community that uh, it's going to be such a huge celebration to get out of this and hand over those corporate checks to those charities and, and help them kind of get out of this as well. You know, maybe when they need it the most. Andrew, thank you for being so transparent as a small business owner, you're facing so many challenges. I think the main challenge for you and the studios is keeping them in a position to be there when we can open back up. You and YYC Cycle, you've just been so wise to build your business around community. That's why I believe you're relevant in these times and you're still providing a value, not just to your customers, the biker gang, but to your motivators. Y'all are still there for each other. And saying that... You know, Far too many businesses are just going to have to start over. I feel building as real a relationship with your customers that mutually benefits both parties is going to be very important from here on out. Some will succeed, some will get it, and some won't. So I can't believe we've been chatting for 50 minutes. We've gone through all the questions I wanted to ask. So I guess in closing, I'd love to ask you, What's next for you and YYC Cycle? Because as you said, we are coming out of this. So, Andrew, what's next? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting going through this and, and the approach that many businesses take, you know, Gino, even through this, you know, it's, it's, in, it's in our heart to make an impact on the community. Uh, I mean, we're soon to launch a collaboration sweater with a local sweater company that some of the proceeds are going to Leftovers Foundation that provides food. They actually reallocate food that would have been expired from grocery stores and restaurants and reallocate that to families that need it. You know, even in these times, even the, though, you know, we had to make a tough decision to, you know, push back some donations and so on right now, uh, we're still getting creative with how can we still make an impact with what we're doing on the community? So I think every single company, even though you have to make a sacrifice in one side, you can still live your purpose, live your vision and your values through this time. I think businesses will be... uh, very versatile. And I would encourage businesses to continue to take a long-term approach to this. You know, we will get out of this. And rather than pivoting your whole business uh, for a few months, I think it's un- it's interesting and important to note uh, how can you create long-term momentum with what you're doing? You know, us as a business, we've really looked at kind of some of our systems and processes and things that when you're busy, you never get around to doing. You know, in a business, there are certain goals that you have that you never get around to doing because you're busy being busy. So we've encouraged our whole team to say, what are our systems and processes that can be refined? How can we reduce our costs on everything down to laundry detergent that's going to have a long-term benefit to the business and also be innovative? You know, we've launched an online merchandise store that we've talked about for a year and a half. Um, and really looking at that, we've really dove into some of the milestone projects that we're doing, the post-purchase experience side of things that we're doing because so much of what we're doing is part in the business and and in the studios is celebrating accomplishments. And when someone's been spinning for you with you for 500 classes, that's a big deal. So it's easy for someone to feel maybe that they've gotten forgotten about. And so we're going to be launching some new milestone programs based on a data project that we've been working on for the last little while to make sure that people don't get forgotten um, when they achieve a certain achievement with us, whether or not that's their first class, their 50th or their 500th or a thousandth. So, yeah. That's great. So you keep track of those milestones and that's so important. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, it's, it's interesting cause I, uh, you know, I've got some, I'll give you a little, uh, little sneak peek here cause I just got them shipped in, but here's an example of one of the milestones that we're going to be uh, doing 750 classes at YG cycle, you know, little things that when someone achieves something and you're the first person to That's see awesome. this, uh, I just got it yesterday. You know, when someone, doesn't even know that they signed up for their 750th class and all of a sudden they get a notification, an email from us and says, you just reached an amazing milestone. Come and talk to us next time you come to the studio. And that celebration, it's, it's, yep. there's uh, certainly human psychology on, uh, in that human behavior, behavioral economics, uh, you know, social proof and social currency. There's a lot of, you know, uh, science behind why as a business, it's a smart thing to do. But really at the end of the day, it, you know, to tie a bow on this, Gino, it kind of goes back to the fact that at the end of the day, we are not the stars of the show. It is the biker gang. And so when we can feel, you know, when we can make them feel like the stars, um, that creates a lasting relationship that no matter bikes, no bikes, studios, no studios, you can have a long, long-term impact on someone's life. And I'm so grateful for the team that we have in Calgary and Edmonton, the 230 that we have that really live and bleed and breathe that, uh, that feeling as well. You know, Andrew, what all that comes down to is it shows you care. They're not just a customer. They're part of the biker gang. And that's special. That's a pro tip. That's the lesson there. And that's how you build a community mythology. All these things add up 
the keychain, um, those milestones, they add up to the stories that people share about being a part of the biker gang. And so, uh, Andrew, I think there's, you know, a lot there that we can learn and we can take, like your energy, your positivity, and package up some of that happiness that you're talking about. So on a personal note, I just want to thank you for being there for me in a dark period. I wore with pride that black tank with the Canadian maple leaf that you sent me as I started to get back on the bike and rebuilding my fitness. All I can say is thank you. Hey, you would, uh, you would do the same for me in a second, so. Well, I owe you. That's for sure. Andrew, I'd love to have you back. I know you're going to have some amazing stories as your motivators and the biker gang start spinning together again. So, Andrew, keep being a pirate for good, and I'm just really grateful to have you as a friend. So thanks. Grateful for you too, Gino. Thanks a lot. I want to thank Andrew for giving me so much time sharing his story and sharing with us the story of YYC Cycle, their mantra, the biker gang. There's just so many important lessons in all that Andrew shared for business and life. We've made it. Three episodes. In the show notes of this episode, you'll find the code exercise. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at gino at shiredship.com. So now a quote. I got this from a dear friend yesterday. Always be yourself unless you can be a pirate. Then always be a pirate. Until next time, be safe, be bold, be courageous. This is your captain and pirate, Gino Church. Gino Church.